0: Welcome to the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I'm here to bring you a version of spirituality that will uplift you, inspire you, and make you feel good. Your belief system does not matter. Everyone is welcome. And along the way, I hope I will help you to build your own spiritual blueprint that will make you feel 100% good about yourself. This is what I have done for myself, thanks to my intuition. So come along for the ride. And let's light up the world. You don't need to be religious or even to believe in God. This is an inclusive and diverse space. Let's do this. So this is episode 22. And today the title of this episode is Why do spiritual people lack a sense of humor? <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit nervous recording this episode but I think it's a very important one uh, because for some reason whenever we start talking about God or Jesus or whatever people get very very edgy and and there's a reason for it so I did a bit of research. Um, there's a taboo that no one jokes about, at least some people do, atheists do. And I've actually been watching some pretty funny videos recently. Um, specifically, I had a really good giggle at uh Daniel Sloss. Uh he's a Scottish um comedian, and I think it's in his first one called Dark. He's got quite a the dark sense of humor. Uh, but there's a particular slice of uh, a sketch that I uh, made me giggle really, really bad. I even took a screenshot of those subtitles because I thought it was so good. Uh, where he talks about Christmas and how little children think that trees literally uh, produce um, presents, and uh, and then you have the parents who are in the same room and they've actually done everything, and the kids thank Santa instead of the parents. And then he he segs uh, into directly into. But this is how doctors feel when you say thank God uh, when they've helped you uh, heal your cancer, or whatever it is. And he has this really. And but the faces that he makes are also super super funny. And he says, so uh, Dr. this and that helped you with the chemo. And Dr. this helped you with this. And Dr. doctor, doctor, doctor. So he goes through the whole list of doctors that have helped that person in his sketch. And he goes and he puts his really um, almost like constipated face. (laughs) And he looks and he says, is there God on the list? No. (laughs) And um, I thought that was hilarious. But he's an atheist, so he can joke about God. So then I did a bit of research and I found that there are quite a few Christian comedians or people who call themselves Christian comedians, and they promote what's called clean um, comedy. And I suppose clean comedy would have no reference to sex or things that are not considered clean, I suppose, by the Christians. I haven't dug any further into that. Uh, but I watched quite a few sketches because I thought, you know, I really need to do my research before I claim that spiritual people uh, don't have a sense of humor. So they do have a sense of humor. These comedians, some of them, I really didn't gel with it. But humor is very, very personal. Some of them I actually found funny, uh, but none of them joked about God and Jesus directly. They joked about all sorts of different things. They joked about age. They joked about whatever it is, but there was nothing uh uh, that directly linked to God or religion in their humor. So why is it that religious, spiritual people, but specifically religious people, are very serious about their religion uh, and that it's t- a taboo to joke about it? And I think it roots back to um, canon law. So canon law is actually the law that governs religion, religion, uh, It's studied by people who want to become priests, at least in France. Uh, There's a a separate university for people who want to study canon law. And uh, there's two things that are particularly serious offenses or crimes with regards to religion. One is called blasphemy and the other one's called heresy. So blasphemy, I did a bit of research again, well, did quite a lot as you can see, is the action or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God and sacred things. And heresy is a descent or deviation from a dominant theory, opinion or practice. And these two uh, crimes exist in Christianity, Judaism and Islam. And not only do they lead to censorship, but they also can lead to the death penalty. Right. And as far as um, Christianity is concerned, uh, the first person that was condemned for sorcery um, and condemned to death, so sentenced to death for sorcery, it happened in Rome in 386. Um, So you could look at religion as the anti diversity movement. So throughout the years, and I'm going to talk about Christianity because that's what I know the most, the best, even though I don't know it that well, but it's my culture, my my tri- uh, traditional religion. Uh, my father was Catholic, my mum was an atheist, but she was heavily influenced by Catholicism, as you will find out later on in this episode. And what happened is um, the Catholic Church aimed at containing The religion and carving out anything that didn't, um, I suppose, agree with whatever the head of the church at the time wanted the religion to be. So there was almost this um, persecution of anyone who didn't comply with, uh, there was a lot of control, it was all about control, much more than about um, spirituality. Um, There's even a term that was used that's called impious utterance, and it, um, it considers, so there's the orthodox, um, I suppose, set of uh, beliefs and things that are taught. And then there's the Gnostics. And I want to mention the Gnostics because they were a, there are, one of the oldest form of Christianity that has been persecuted consistently by the church and um and famously in France through the Inquisition, um and and there was there was a a, a true genocide in France um, when when I think it was Philip the, uh, the Lebel, who decided to completely crush uh, that religion in the south of France, uh, for pure um, political reasons. So that's serious, you know, um, not only will you go to hell if you do these things, but they will kill you and get you to hell quickly. <laughs> right. That's lovely. So the whole crusades, especially the Cathar crusades, the Cathars, you might not have heard of them. There were a group of religious people uh, who were Christians and who were persecuted by the Inquisition. I also want to mention that Galileo was charged for heresy for thinking that the earth was not at the center of the universe. It's important to remember these things because I think this is at the core of the fear that Christians have around joking or saying the wrong thing about their own religion. This fear has been almost put into their DNA through their ancestry because so many people have been killed for saying the wrong thing or looking the wrong way or being accused of having done something that was against the rules of the church and the rules of the church they 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 acted like narcissists they invented new rules constantly so you never knew if you complied with these rules or not. And then, of course, it, it played on the jealousy of the people in your village, for example, who would say if you were doing something that they didn't like or if they disliked you generally, not just because of what you did, all they needed to do was denounce you to the Inquisition and that was it. They got rid of you. So there was a lot of that happening in the background as well. So this that fear still lives on and it's also been fed by this um common visualization that people have or at least I had as a child and I, it was conveyed very clearly uh through my heritage my culture that god was this angry bearded man in the sky that had a massive anger management issue right it, it, he the, he it was a he got super super angry he would punish people and there was a lot of superstition attached to it. And this is why I mentioned my mum, because although she wasn't religious like my dad, she inherited the entire body of superstition around religion. And she embodied it and, and perpetrated it as much as the people that I knew that, who were religious. And I want to mention, uh, as we're talking about this control uh, of the church and this persecution the last person to be executed as a heretic in Europe was in 1826 so it's only 200 years ago it's not that far off you know um and and to me this shows the Catholic Church as 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 a cult I'm sorry to have to say this but everything was about control and fear and for me that's that's the the nature of a cult so perhaps and of course i don't think um you know christian various ch- christian um offsprings i'm going to call them i'm sorry this is not the right word um you know there's lots of different um new churches that have been created that are christian but not, not from the catholic tradition or other and i know nothing about all the ones that exist right for me methodist evangelical all that it's super confusing I'm not really that interested. And maybe that's because I was raised in Paris, in France, where there was only one, right? It was Catholic and that's it. We've heard of the Protestants, but it's such a minority that you're not really um, exposed to that. But also because in France, the state and the church are separate, unlike in England. That means that religion is not taught in school. This is a big no-no. You are not allowed to talk about religion. It's considered private matter. So you basically only know the religion that you're raised
1: in. So just a small pause to mention something quite exciting that's happening right now. I have created a quiz and I was wondering if you'd like to take it. So in order to do that, um, I will be adding a link in the show notes to sign up for my newsletter, which means that you'll receive my using some authors, and um, then you'll make sure that you know what kind of content I put up because I'm also an author with the um, Taoist Online on Medium. So, the quiz. Um, I work with a framework with my one-to-one client called the EPIC framework. And this framework enables you to um, establish the foundations of your success. Most people don't reach their full potential because these four um, pillars are not in place. And these pillars to me are energy, prosperity, intuition, and mindset. So if one of these pillars is not rock solid, uh, when you reach a certain level of success, you will be uh, probably sabotaging yourself. So this is what it can look like. Um, you know, you, you've just had a promotion, or your business is doing really well, your relationship is amazing, um, you love your life, but then you get very sick. Perhaps because you don't have time to rest, you're constantly on the go, etc. So that's the energy pillar. The parity pillar surprises me often, but it can happen for people who are actually really um, successful. Um, their money is coming in beautifully, but then whenever they reach a level that goes above what they're comfortable with, with money, and this can be an unconscious thing, a huge bill comes in or something breaks down, or and it almost seems like whenever they have this, Big part of money coming in, it's immediately used for something else. That's when your prosperity pillar needs working on. Um, intuition is more likely to be about um, a little bit about the law of attraction as well. It's it's around uh, being able to make decisions and an easy to get in the flow of life and also um, to start understanding that it's not all down to you. That the universe actually co creates with you. And the last one, mindset, uh, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't want this interruption to be too long. But um, you can see how these four pillars are absolutely vital if you want to reach your no- next level of success without having to sacrifice your health, your relationships, or even your sanity. So. Um, Make sure you sign up for my newsletter. You will receive um, the quiz as a PDF. And I'd love to know which of the four pillars need more work for you. So feel free also to reach out. Uh, The best way to do that is on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Ange de Lumière on both. And I'd love to hear from you.
0: So as part of my research, I also um, watched uh, some comedians that make jokes about um, about religion, they're atheists, as I said, and I came across George Carlin, who is particularly irreverent. And he claims that religion has the biggest bullshit story ever told. Um, I might link to his stand up comedy about religion, because I think it's really funny. Um, and, and I think he has a point. You know, there's some things that are uh, on the stories that are in the Bible that just make you wonder uh, what this is all about. Anyway, I'm not here to aggravate religious people, but I, I'm here to highlight something that I think is problematic, right? Because if you're not able to laugh about something, that means that um, you have some some issues. And, and I think for me, what I have identified is that fear, and what's really interesting is when I Googled does God have a sense of humor, because I wrote a piece called that on, on Medium on Sunday, I found a videos on YouTube where it said, and I didn't watch the video because I didn't have the time. I did a lot of research, but I didn't have time for that. But it was like this person made fun of God and see what happened next. So it's almost like if you're going to make fun of, of God, or if you make a joke about God, you're going to be punished by God. And, and this is the narrative that I, I really can't stand. So this led me to look a little bit about what is the purpose of humor and why should we even entertain it in the spiritual and religious communities? And I think personally, it helps with several things. First, it helps keep your ego in check. And that's always a good thing when you're on a spiritual path. You want to make sure you keep your ego in check. And ego has many different voices and many different flavors. So I might actually do a whole episode on ego. What is ego and and how do we deal with it? It also highlights the delusional or dysfunctional thinking. And it really helps recover from uh, difficult situations or even cope. I know for my part, it's really helped me cope with the challenges I have had in my life. But... One thing that is really important for you to understand is laughter can only happen in a safe environment. So I have to ask the question, are your churches safe if you cannot laugh about anything or if you cannot laugh about certain things? Let's uh, read this again, because this is a conclusion that has come from uh, a scientist that have researched this at the University of California led by Christopher Obis. You cannot laugh unless you are in a safe environment. And I think that's going to help us gain some perspective. Um. So what is humor? And I, I'm not going to do a lecture about it because I'm sure some people have written entire books about it. But I think all human humor has an element of negativity and kind of breaks a rule or violates a norm. And I'm sure you've you've realized or you've experienced firsthand that if you can laugh about someone, not necessarily in their face, but maybe in the safe a safety of your home, someone that maybe has harmed you or hurt you or who is really annoying you, they somehow loses their hold on you. So laughter is a way to almost like um, release the hold that a situation has on you, right? And here I want to honor my, my father and my grandmother, who both had a brilliant sense of humor and with whom I spent hours and hours laughing. So I want to honor them. I want to continue the tradition of humor that I've got from from them. Uh, I'm just going to as a side note, I'll tell you that my sense, my mother has no sense of humor whatsoever. So there was a contrast here. Uh, and I, I really want to share with me, with you what I believe, which is that being able to see the funny side of things can is, is, is a formidable resilience tool in your life. So it's almost like I feel sad when spiritual or religious people don't have access to humor in that way um, because it is so healing and so soothing. Now, I'm not saying they don't have access to, to, to humor. There are these clean Christian um, uh, uh, comedians. Um, but I think it's good to be able to have humor about almost everything in your life. Um, I will say as well, the sadder the times, the more important the laughter. And this I definitely learned from my grandmother who had the a terrible life. She was abandoned by her mom when she was six during the war because her dad had died. And at the time, if you didn't have um, family to help you raise your children, uh, so if the husband didn't bring the money to, for, for the family to to, to eat, uh, basically you couldn't feed your kids. So my, my grandmother's mom had to go and work in a factory, but there was no childcare at the time. So her only option, to feed herself because her husband had just died in the war was to put her children in, a, in an orphanage. So my grandmother and her little brother were put in that orphanage. It was awful. Uh, she told me quite a few stories about it. She was heartbroken, not to feel that, you know, she, was, she had a sense of rejection from her mother whom she never really got along with either. So there's all these compounded things and it's laughter that helped. She used to laugh her socks off with her little brother and of course got seriously punished because of it because they lived in a nunnery and the nuns were very, very vicious. Um. So, you know, I, I want to honour that and, and the lesson that my grandmother has left with me. I also want to say that when my dad died in 20, it's going to be 10 years uh, this year, which is why... On my Facebook profile, I'm posting stories about my dad every single day. And I want you to know that I wrote a memoir about him called My Father Who Art in Heaven that's available in my online shop on my website, uh, www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk forward slash shop. So when my dad died, my spirit team asked me to bring a DVD set uh, of French comedians and my mission was to make my mum and my siblings laugh uh, on the the days, uh, two or three days before the funeral. I wasn't able to uh, attend the funeral and I explained why in the book, but that was my mission and it was so clear. I had several signs on my way to Paris that showed me that I was there to make my, my family laugh. And now that I think of it, I'm pretty sure it was my dad. I hadn't seen it until I did this research for this episode. But of course, dad had an amazing sense of humor. He wanted to laugh all the time. So he kind of sent me as, as his envoy to make everybody laugh. Um, and I think he would have loved if he had a funeral where everybody told jokes and had a good laugh um, because that, that was how he led his life. There was, um, just to go back on sometimes the superstition that we carry from religion, even when we're not religious, uh, one of the anecdotes um, that happened during my dad's uh, last months before he died, I took him to church. And for me, that was that was not something I would have will- done for myself because I, I'm not religious and I don't like churches, especially not Catholic churches. But I took him there because I knew it was so important for him. And... I was sat in the pew. He was in his wheelchair next to me. And um, of course, the priest assumed that I was Catholic and practicing because I was in his church. So he gave me a host during the mass and uh, I felt it was... um, It would have been wrong for me to just eat it, to pretend that I was Catholic when I'm not. So I slipped it in my purse. And when my mum found out about it, she made a ruckus about it. She said that I would go to hell for doing that, that taking a host out of a church was uh, sacrilegious or whatever it is. It might might not be the right word, but it was wrong, basically. And I wanted to burst out laughing in her face because I thought, oh, my God, this is this is this looks like the middle uh, the, the middle age. Uh, superstitions you know do you think that um lightning's gonna fall on top of me because I took a host out of a church um but but yeah that's what she believed she uh, and that goes against what I feel in my bones even though I don't talk about God a lot um this is obviously a podcast about spirituality but for me if God existed and I do actually believe they exist uh I just don't Think that they exist the way that well, I suppose everybody sees gods in a different way, but I actually believe they have a great sense of humor. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. Um, to continue on the topic of comedy, humor, and laughter, I wanted to add the fact that I think that laughter and tears are over on the often on the same side uh, on on the opposite side of the same coin. It's so easy to go from one to the other. Um, but I think that laughter has such a healing um, power um, that I wish um, I wish more people would embrace it. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people, but some people feel um, maybe too alienated or too sad. I don't know. Or maybe they're too afraid to be disrespectful. Um, and I don't think they should. There's something else I wanted to share with you though about laughter is that I learned one thing um, in the leading up to my dad dying. I went to a laughter yoga um event. And this is when I learned that you can actually laugh for no reason because you know humor can be um can be cruel. Humor can be cutting, it can be offensive. Um, it's also very cultural dependent. So I know sometimes I struggle to get the jokes that people make in the UK because I'm not uh, British. I haven't been raised in that culture. Sometimes they reference things that I have no idea what's going on. So um, sometimes it goes completely over my head and other times I really get it. But, but it's good to know. And for me, it's particularly good to know because I find that sometimes uh, humor is too cruel. And there's that edge that I'm not really comfortable Mm -hmm. with. But laughter yoga is a practice where you laugh for no reason at all. There is no need for a joke, right? And it stems on the fact that when you laugh, your body doesn't know the difference whether it's a laughter that is caused by a joke or if it's just laughing, your body is laughing. So the whole idea is to make your body laugh and it triggers all the good hormones just as well as if you had received a joke. Um, and for me, it was one of the best experience I had on the leading up to my dad dying because it helped me so much. That laughter was so healing and so supportive. Uh, and for once, I could have a good laugh that wasn't at the expense of someone else. So it freed me from the whole humor comedy thing. Right. So to conclude, um, I still have a couple of things I want to talk about, but I want you to remember that humor and tragedy are, are often very, very closely linked. And if you're able to laugh at it, it stops having that hold on you. It's empowering and it's revealing. There's a lot of absurdity in life. And when you're able to, especially in spirituality and religion, when you're able to laugh about it, it's kind of liberating. Um, but it's also, you have to be careful that it doesn't become a defense and that you're not facing a situation as the clown or the class clown. I used to do that quite a lot. Um, so humor is not necessarily telling jokes or doing comedy. Um, it's just a sense of delight and exuberance that life is funny. And if you decide that life is funny, you can actually find evidence that will support this belief because that's how beliefs work. Now, I encourage people to lean into benevolent humor, which is what both my dad and my grandmother did. They never laughed at the expense of someone else. They laughed at themselves, at their own idiosyncrasy, or they played on words. Or dad sometimes did below the belt jokes, and I didn't always appreciate them, but it was all good natured if that makes any sense. Um, There's a Zen master, and this is where, um, you know, Buddhism and Zen depart from Christianity in that they embrace humor for sure. So there's an unknown Zen master that said, nothing is left to you at this moment, but to have a good laugh. So humor could have been an evolutionary coping mechanism to help us be uh, not so quite so overwhelmed by what can be terrifying and dangerous in the world, right? Now, I found a fascinating article, which I will link in the show notes, on the Chopra uh, website, which I don't usually visit, but um, and it's listed the six um, the six ways that uh, comedy and spirituality intersect. It's by Adam Broody, and it's from the 17th of July, 2021. So here are the six ways that spirituality and humor or comedy intersect. And I love this. So the first one, comedy and laughter can be healing. Number two, comedy causes a shift in perspective. That's what I'm interested in. Three, it helps us form a connection with other people. Four, Comedy helps expose the truth and breaks taboos. For me, that's very important. I'm here for that. Uh, Number five, comedy helps lighten the heaviness of existential suffering. And number six, comedy helps us become established in the paradox of life. I wanted to add um, two things to that uh, of my own experience. Laughter helps cool off the fight or flight uh, response. And it also exposes injustice and wrongdoing in a way that's more palatable. Uh, Because once you've laughed, it's kind of difficult to go back on the whatever's landed with you um, that the comedian has put forward. So that was my episode about um, why do spiritual people lack a sense of humor. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I'll talk to you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the, the True Spirituality with Ange podcast. I want you, before you go, if I could ask you to be kind enough to rate the podcast and write a review so that more people get to know about the podcast. Please also, if possible, share the episodes with people you think might be interested in listening to them, especially if you've liked them a lot. And um, understand that I'm also available to come and do um, expert talks um, to your communities, your memberships on either intuition in business, spirituality in business mindset, um, energy, prosperity, and intuition. Thank you so much for listening.